0: Call somebody. i back, baby. Oh. What, what? 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 Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use moment. Moment. Moment of clarity. Oh yeah, I'm feeling it. It's that day. It's that time. What's happening, everybody? My name is Stefan G. You are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promised Life Network. Moment of Clarity brought to you by SiteGeeks.com. SiteGeeks.com. Go to SiteGeeks and get your 77 point inspection on your team's website. Get everything you need to know. And, and you can find out ways to boost your conversions, produce more leads. Manager SEO, go to SiteGeeks.com. That's S-I-T-E-G-E-E-K-Z.com. Because nothing is more important than your site. So, ah, uh, I gotta do some stretching today. It's 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 gonna be one of those kind of shows, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah, I gotta, you know, I gotta do some lunges. No, Don't want to get a cramp. Exactly. That's okay. the kind of energy, that's the kind of focus I have right. when I come on the microphone. That I have to literally do some calisthenics, get some get some blood pumping. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to pull a Hammy. Yeah, I don't want no, to no, pull a I Hammy. That'll take you out for the season. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. I can't be. I can't be out. I can't be on the bench. Right. The team needs me. Right, team needs me. So today I'm talking about. Actually, I'm talking about a very very important issue today, and I'm hoping that everybody who's listening. Well, I believe that everybody who listens today is going to be able to take something away from this particular radio show. Because today I'm talking about church hurt. I'm talking about church hurt. And this is a relatively new phrase. I mean, it's not a new idea. It's not a new concept. It's, been, it's something that's been around for a very long time. But it's, we've, we've just now started, you know, how things start going. We call it church hurt. Now it's got a title. You know what I mean? And so it's a relatively new phrase that is being used a lot. It's being used a lot. And people are becoming victims of church hurt. And people are just running away from churches like never before. People are finding spirituality and completely abandoning churches all over the country. And it's really gotten to the point where it's kind of like a virus that is spreading all across America that people are going to churches and having these what they contend to be unforgivable experiences, you know, and there are a few reasons for church hurt and there are a few remedies for church hurt. And hopefully over the next half hour or so, I'll have time to go over a few of those. But I really wanna start out by getting into what church hurt is and how it happens and how it develops. And a lot of people have a lot of different concepts and ideas on where church hurt comes from and how it, how it grows to the way that it does. Because the thing about church hurt is it can grow at such a fast rate inside of you. Because none of us like being hurt. None of us like being wounded, and especially from a place that we thought was supposed to be the safe place. You know, we believe that the church is supposed to be the safe place. And so when we become wounded by that one that one uh, entity that we felt like was always safe, it becomes—it helps us to disassociate ourselves from the church. And we start not wanting to go to church, not wanting to hear what churches have to say— And even as much as I bash churches on this show, because I do it a lot, but I do truly believe that the church is a good thing if it's operating correctly, you know, and so I wanted to talk about this today because I see so many people who cannot overcome the wound that they've experienced from the church that they just left or the church that they just had a conflict with. Have you seen this, Mike? Have you heard this in your experiences as a follower of Christ? What have you found to be one of the biggest, I don't want to say reasons, but what have you heard as you've been going along? The biggest reasons of people leaving the church? Well, yeah, or or experiencing church hurt, like why they feel like they've been wounded or hurt. It's interest that's an interesting question. The biggest reason usually is other people in the church not really showing love Mm -hmm. or hypocrisy. You know, hypocriticalness by the pastor is another one. Yes. That's very big. But a, a lot of it is you're supposed to uh, be a family at the church. You're mm-hmm. supposed to feel love. You're supposed to have each other's backs. Right. And a lot of times in churches, that that's just not, isn't. That's not there anymore. It's not there. And, you know, that was actually going to be one of the, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that was like my number one reason right there, is because a lot of the reasons people are experiencing church hurt. well, let's let's back up. Because, and it's going to sound so strange for me to say this to you as you're listening to this show. And you might turn the show off after you hear what I'm about to say. But if you do, that's okay. I'm just going to tell you. How many times a show do you (laughs) tell them that they're going to turn it off? You do this like every show. I know. That's that's just the kind of guy I am. (laughs) But I'm telling you, don't turn it off after I say this. Because you're going to need to hear what comes after it. Nine times out of ten, you are hurt by the church because of you not because of something the church did nine times out of 10, you were hurt by the church because of something because of you and not because of something the church did. And the reason I say that is because the one exception to the rule is spiritual abuse. And we can get into a whole big giant thing when it comes to spiritual abuse, but nine times out of 10, except for that one time of spiritual abuse, the other nine times you are hurt by the church because you went into the church with an expectation of what you were going to get out of the church. You went into this building with an expectation of how they were going to minister to you, how they were going to help you, how they were going to serve you, and they didn't meet that expectation. Now, there's a lot of reasons they don't meet that expectation. One of the reasons, now this goes back to being a church issue, one of the reasons is because churches don't communicate effectively with their members. So they don't really know what their members want, need, and expect. Because we've got pastors these days that just decide that they are a, man, a pastor. First of all, don't even get me started on that. That they just wake up one morning and say, God has led me to pastor a church. And they go out and they rent a storefront and they start inviting people to their ministry. Or they go, they they ask the Civic Center if they can have the the convention hall for the weekend, you know, for the Sunday morning. And they start inviting people to their ministry. So, they, but the main reason that church hurt happens is because people walk into churches with an expectation of what they're going to get out of it. And the churches are not meeting those expectations. And the reason they're not meeting those expectations is because there is a wall between communication. There's a wall of broken communication between the members and leadership. And that is why there is this virus now of church hurt. Because the members cannot effectively communicate to leadership what their needs, desires, and expectations are, and leadership is not effectively listening to the members to find out what their needs, desires, and expectations are so that they can meet those needs, desires, and expectations. And so we've got this division now of people that are walking into a church expecting a certain kind of worship service, expecting a certain kind of message, expecting a certain kind of philanthropy. Expecting a certain kind of care, expecting a certain kind of attention, and they're not getting it. You walk in the church and you expect somebody to greet you the moment you walk through the door. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. Thank you for coming. Oh, we're so glad to see you. And if they don't do that, you're upset. Like you are already starting to think that this is a bad church because they didn't greet you with an overzealous good morning when you walked in the door. Nobody has to greet you when you walk through the door. Nobody even has to say hello to you. You're here. Why, the question becomes, why are you in the church? Why do you go to church every Sunday? That, because when we, and I know when you clicked on this, you weren't expecting me to focus on us. But when we evaluate why we go to church every Sunday, we can better avoid getting hurt by the church. I don't go to church to make my week better. I don't go to church and some people do, and that's okay if you're getting that out of it. Cause some people go to church to see their friends and to laugh and to have a good time and to experience a, a level of community. And that's fantastic because church is a place where that can be done. But if you're in a church where those people aren't there, you can't be mad at the church for not providing something that they just don't provide because every church isn't the same, you know? And I believe personally, If I had to, if I had a magic wand and I could just reorganize churches, I would reorganize churches to focus on specific areas of woundedness. So, you know, Second Baptist Church over there on Third Street. I don't know if there's a Second Baptist Church on Third Street. Maybe in your town there is. But Second Baptist Church over there on Third Street would focus on wounded women who've been in abusive relationships. And that's it. They wouldn't have a children's ministry. Well, they might have children's ministry because they've got wounded women in abusive relationships, but they wouldn't have a senior's ministry. They wouldn't have a couple's ministry. They wouldn't have a uh, media ministry. That's not what they're in there for. They are there to help wounded women who've been in abusive relationships. And almost everybody in their church is going to fit that particular role because that's where this pastor or this particular minister is called to minister. And then church Of the God in Christ on you know Sycamore Avenue (laughs) I know Church of God in Christ on Sycamore Avenue would focus on helping young men to avoid jail and that's what their focus is and those are the kind of people that they bring in people that want to help young men stay out of jail instead of all of these you know we do it all churches we would have focused churches that focused on specific areas, because that's where that pastor is called to minister. That's where his heart is, that's where his passion is, that's where her love is, and that's what they would do. And so, back to what I was saying before, we are walking into these churches with all these expectations, and we do this in all of our relationships, actually. But we walk into these churches with these expectations that somebody is going to greet us with an overzealous hello, that the people are going to want to try to get interact with us, you know, that we're going to sit down in a chair or in a pew somewhere and expect to start making friends because people are going to start walking. Oh, welcome to the church. And how you doing And You know, turn to your neighbor and say hello. And oh, now we're best friends. And I think those are sometimes unrealistic expectations because you don't know what the person sitting next to you is at the church for. They might be at the church because their grandfather just died and they can't get over it. Or they might be at the church because they're going through some financial disruption and they're asking God for wisdom on how to get out of it. They might not be in the space to give you the overzealous let's be friends handshake. And this kind of leads me into a lot of the fakeness that's in the church. But see, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to stay on topic. And so we're walking into these churches with these expectations and when these expectations are not met, we are wounded and hurt and we want to walk away from the church. And the expectation can be anything. The expectation can be you expected more personal attention from the pastor or from the minister or you went to the church when you were going through something, you know, your, your house burned down and your kids are acting crazy and you don't have any money. You lost your job and somebody ran over your dog all in a three day span, right? And you go to the church to see if you can get money for groceries for your children. And they say no. Or they say they're not able to do it. And now you're upset because you feel like that's why you're here. That's why the church is here. And you start counting up how much you've given in donations and offering and tithes. And you start feeling some kind of way because the church is not meeting your expectation. And what I'm saying is we have to reevaluate why we're going to church on Sundays. Because if we don't know why we're going into the church on every Sunday, then we're gonna keep spreading this virus of church hurt. We're gonna keep spreading this virus that gives us a reason to want to walk away from the one safe place that we're supposed to have. Now on the flip side of that, like I said before, I'm not gonna say that it's all your fault because it is a 50-50 road. I also believe that churches are not, they're not surveying their membership, to find out what they should be doing. They're just coming up with these ideas. Let's have a holy convocation for seven days straight, right? That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a holy convocation tent meeting for seven days straight from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m., and then we're going to tell all our church members that they should be there or they're not good Christians. Well, maybe your church members don't want a a seven-day holy convocation. Maybe they would much rather have a one-day family event. Maybe they would much rather have a three-hour bowling extravaganza that they can invite their friends to so they can learn about Christianity and community and so on and so forth. So we also have these churches who are not looking at their membership and communicating with their membership and their parishioners and finding out exactly what needs do we need to be meeting? What services do we need to be providing? What ministries do we need to be focusing on? They're just coming up with stuff to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This is what we're going to do. And you better be there. How could you not support your ministry? How could you not support your church? When we decided that we were going to have a uh, 24-hour shut-in and only five people showed up, now the ministers are mad. Now the pastors are mad. But nobody's doing the good thing of communicating with each other. And that's where the issue lies. The issue lies in the lack of communication. There is this broken wall of, there's this wall of broken communication between members of the church and leadership in the church that causes the church hurt. We've got expectations that aren't being fulfilled and they've got things that they are doing that don't meet our expectations and nobody's talking to each other. Well, that's a huge, huge problem. Got to take a quick break. Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. will be back. We'll talk more about this in a second. Moment of clarity issue man stuff on G. We are back and we're talking about church hurt. So now I want to talk about the flip side of church hurt, the other side, the other avenue because I think the main reason we ex- people are experiencing church hurt in America right now is because of the lack of communication between members and leadership. But the other main reason that people are experiencing church hurt is also because of other members. You get a lot of people who get in there and they get into a tiff with other members and now they don't wanna see that person or they can't be seen in that church and so on and so forth. And so for that one, I really believe that we, as Christians, need to really start to walk out what it is we read every day. And I think all of this is a matter of walking out what we believe every day, because you'll get into an experience where this person you know, had a problem with that person And we don't understand why it's as big of a deal as it really is. You know, you get into a tiff with one of the members, you get into a tiff with one of the ministers, you know, or the praise and worship leader or whoever it is, whoever it is. And you allow that negativity to fester and grow and you associate it with the church. It's no longer just sister Susie. It's, Sister Susie and the Greater Christian Baptist Universal uh, Way Church of America. You know, I don't know what these churches are called these days. There's millions of names. <laughs> you know, but it's Sister Susie and this church, not just her. Because now you want to associate it with that person and everybody else that, that starts to even begin to exude one of the same personality traits. And you start saying, well, see, that one does this, and that one does this, and this person does that, and this person does that. And like I said, this is all outside of spiritual abuse because, trust me, the day that I talk about spiritual abuse is not going to be a day you want to miss because spiritual abuse is running rampant across America as well in the church, and we've got to put a stop to it. But today we're talking about church hurt. And so you get into this conflict, and you forget about one key element of the conflict, and that key element is Satan, You forget all about Satan. You completely forget that he is involved in this entire situation. And I believe in all of church hurts, sometimes we forget all about Satan. It's all about us, and it's all about the church. It's all about us, and it's all about Sister Susie. It's all about us, and it's all about Minister Johnson. It's all about us, and it's all about Pastor Williams, whoever. And we completely forget about Satan. And the fact that he walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour, the fact that he lives to steal, kill, and destroy, the fact that he only wants to bring division among Christianity and among Christians. That's what he wants. He wants to divide us. Divided, we fall. Everybody knows that. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And he walks in and starts to poke at you and starts to poke at you. It starts to poke at you. Poke, 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 poke. I hate it when people poke me. Exactly. I can't stand it. That's what he does. He starts poking. Poke, 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 poke. Oh, Satan. (laughs) That's exactly what he does. And you start feeling that irritation, you know? You just start getting a little irritated. And then you start getting a little frustrated. Then after you get irritated, you get frustrated. After you get frustrated, you get a little angry. After you get a little angry, you get a little a little mad, you know? After you get mad, now see, this is what you do. After you get mad, you get disappointed. Because you know, disappointment is nothing but the smart man's anger. (laughs) Once we realize, because that's what we do, once we realize we're being irrational in our anger, we turn it into disappointment, so now now it's intelligence anger. And that's what we do. I love that. It's so true. It is. That's why I laugh very hard in here. And that's what we do. We allow the enemy to poke, 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 poke us. And we allow the enemy to pull on us and drag on us. At no point in time do we say, devil, I'm not going to allow you to divide the house of God. At no point in time do we say, Satan, I'm not going to allow you to divide the church. We are the church. You are not going to divide us. We are unified for the same cause. We are unified to glorify Christ. We are unified to help others. We are unified to bring glory to the name of Jesus. We are unified to spread the gospel. We are unified. And if we—and this goes back to what I was saying is, if we don't know why we're going to church, we can find these problems all the time. And so the question that I'm asking all of you today is, why do you go to church every Sunday? What is your reason for showing up every single Sunday? You wake up in the morning. You got to get your kids ready. You got to get yourself ready. Chances are you try to dress a little bit better than you dress every day of the week. Or if you dress up way too much all week long, you try to dress as far down as you possibly can get away with. Right. And you go into this building every Sunday. And you sing, you know, you know how I like to say it. You sing two fast songs and three slow songs. You know, every church does it. You sing two fast songs and three slow songs or three fast songs and two slow songs, depending on how the week went for the for the praise of worship leader. <laughs> and you give your verse of the week. You know, somebody comes out and says the verse of the week, basically. And then the pastor comes out and teaches on the subject. And you feel like it's relevant to your life and you take it in and it makes you feel better about your connection to Christ. And you feel like you've gotten some amazing revelation that you didn't have before and you say hello to Sister Susie and you give a high five to Brother Johnson and you talk for a little while and God bless you, have a good day and you go out and you sit at the buffet or you go home and you have, you have Sunday dinner or you hurry home for the game because you're only hurrying home for the game. <laughs> You'll saunter to the buffet. But when the game's on, you're in a hurry. But why are you doing this every Sunday? You have to find out why are you going in that, to that building every Sunday? What is your expectation from the church? And I say that very specifically. I use those words very specifically. The reason I use those words very specifically is because your expectation from the church should not, should not, should never, ever, ever be your expectation from God. And so I'm asking you, why are you walking in that building? What is your expectation from the church? Not what is your expectation from God? Because whatever it is that you expect for God to do, you should have that expectation Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not just on Sunday when you walk in that building. And not only that, if you're truly reading your Bible to understand your Bible, to know what it says to you, to be honest with you, you should have no expectation of God. Because you should know exactly what he's going to do. The Bible teaches us God's personality, God's character, God's traits. We should know what he's going to do in a given situation. And we should know what he's going to leave for us to do in a given situation. Because I think that's a little separation there as well, where we are giving expectations to God on things that he's like, I'm leaving this for you. I do miracles signs and wonders and that's it everything else is on your back i laid on the cross i i i I was uh i was put on that cross bleeding and dying and hurt and at the end i said it is finished that means i'm done everything i needed to do for y'all i have completed if i intervene it is now called a miracle a sign or a wonder that's it And so why are you walking in the church on Sunday? Are you walking in the church using them as a way to put expectations on God? Are you walking in the church using this pastor, using this minister as a way to find out if God really loves you or if God is speaking to you or if God is paying attention to your life? I want you to really ask yourself that question because there's so many people that walk into the church and say, let me hear what God is saying today. What if God didn't speak to your pastor that day? What if God did not speak to your pastor all week long, and your pastor just had to come up with something to tell y'all? It happens. Could you imagine a pastor starting his sermon with oh, that? Could, I, I couldn't even imagine a pastor thinking about admitting that's what actually what happened throughout <laughs> the week. But <laughs> well, I know what well, happens, because I know pastors. I know them. I've talked to them. They say it all the time. They say all the time. I've heard nothing. I have no idea what I'm supposed to talk about on Sunday, but I had to come up with something. I had to come up with something to say, and so they did a study. They did a research. They came up with a word, and they gave you something that you could use, but it's very possible that God's not saying anything like that. Here's the key. When God speaks, it is omnipresent, okay? Okay. When God speaks, it's omnipresent. So you'll know that God is speaking when every single church has the exact same message. Because if every single church doesn't have the exact same message, that means either God is not speaking, which he's always speaking, or these people aren't listening. Because God has a message for everyone. And so you can't go into the church with an expectation on God and live it out through the church. You can't. You're going to get church hurt. If you go into the church expecting to hear what God has to say for you today, that means you haven't been talking to God yesterday and the day before and the day before because he wants to talk to you anyway. He wants to talk to you so much more on Tuesday than he does on Sunday. He wants to talk to you so much more on Thursday night than he does on Sunday morning. God is sitting around Waiting to communicate with us. That's what he's doing. He is there specifically looking to communicate with us. Even his silence is communication. Just like our silence is communication. Mike says something I don't like and I just sit here. I'm communicating something to him. Might not be what he likes. Might not be what he was expecting. But I am communicating something to him. If he asks me a question and I'm silent, I'm communicating something to him. I could be communicating to him that I'm not ready to answer that question yet. I could be communicating to him that he's not ready to hear that answer yet. I could be communicating a million different things to him in my silence, but my silence is still a form of communication. So don't think just because God doesn't answer everything you, every question you give him, that he's not speaking to you, he's not communicating with you, because he is, but you have to understand that when you walk into the doors of a church, and I'm not one of those people that thinks you should walk into the church trying to figure out what you can give to the church. That is, I believe, the very first step to spiritual abuse. That's the very first step, is making you have to do something in this building just because you showed up. That's completely wrong. You invited me, that's why I showed up. If you invite me to dinner, I'm not gonna say you have to cook the chicken now. Because I invited you to dinner. That's ridiculous. So me inviting you to my church and then I'm telling you it's your responsibility to keep the church doors open. It's your responsibility to keep the lights on. It's your responsibility to keep the electricity flowing. It's your responsibility to get more people in this church. It's No, it's not. Excuse me, pastor. God gave you the vision for this church, not me. That's your responsibility, pastor, not mine. And so I'm not one of those people that's trying to tell you, when you walk into the church, you've got to figure out exactly what it is you're gonna do for the church. But what I am saying is, when you walk into the church, on this coming Sunday, try to walk in with no expectation. Try to walk in just open to whatever it is that God wants to do on this day, at this particular time. Not what God wants to do in your life for eternity and all time, but what does God want to do for my life or want me to do for someone else's life just on sunday morning because that's the only time you're there maybe you're there on wednesday night who knows some of y'all in there a little bit too much some of y'all in there every night but we won't talk about that yet but instead of walking in with an expectation of i'm gonna get a word that's gonna change my life today Or instead of walking in with an expectation that I'm going to get to see my friends and have a good time or meet somebody new or get new friends or or worship God like I've never experienced before, that the heavens are going to open up and the gateway to the throne of Christ is going to be before me. And I'm going to lay prostrate on the ground and be able to change everything that I've ever done wrong and everything that I've ever thought wrong and everything that I've ever wanted. Get all those expectations out of your mind. Because God might want to just tell you a really good joke so that you'll have a reason to smile. And that's it. God might want you to just, you know, listen to somebody tell their story so that that person can feel like somebody cares. you never know what God has in store for you on a particular time in a particular day. But if you walk into the church with expectations and you walk into the church trying to figure out what you're gonna get out of it, then you're always going to have church hurt. And for all of you pastors that are listening, start communicating with your members. Start communicating with your pastor, parishioners. Find out what they want. Find out what they need. Find out what their desires are from a church. And then meet them. Don't be all uh, egocentric. Don't be all obtuse. Well, we don't do that here. These are your people. God has given you these people. You invited them and they showed up. He's given you these people to lead. He's given you these people to minister to. And he's given you these people to pastor over. So give them what they need. Give them what they need. Give them what they need. Not what you think they need. What they're telling you they need. And I guarantee we will start to eradicate this virus of church hurt all throughout America. People will be able to come to the church with no expectation and really enjoy what God is doing for them. I'll catch you guys next week. Moment of clarity Stefan G have a good one It makes me cry sometimes but yeah that makes me strong make your boy repent when his mind is thinking wrong peace to my want something like a smooth song rest to the worry we no